measures, Paul. And <laughs> and I play that simply because I think I took a half measure in, in today's episode. Um, this, what you're hearing now, is a bonus episode and addendum or a postscript, so to speak. Um, if you haven't listened yet to today's Better Call Paul episode concerning the IRCRA position statement, go do that first. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's just jump into this thing, Paul, and then I'll kind of explain to you where I'm coming from. Let's do it. You clearly don't know who you're talking to, so let me clue you in. I'm Paul Corsaro. I'm Chris Hampton. Look, you two guys are just guys, okay? And you're listening to Breaking Beta. Where we explore and explain the science of climbing. With our skills, you'll earn more than you ever would on your own. We've got work to do. Are you ready? 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 I'm ready. You? I am always ready <laughs> to correct myself, uh, or at least <laughs> I think I am. <laughs> so that's what we're going to be doing here. Um, after we recorded that episode um, that you all have already listened to today, I remembered a paper that had been sent to us by listener Irene Deloro, who teaches climbing at a couple of gyms in Copenhagen. And Irene was excited that this was some research specifically based on female climbers. Um, So first off, thanks, Irene, for sending this our way. You'll be happy to hear that we have lots more coming this season looking directly at female climbers. Oh, yeah. Um, But something that I said or some statements I made in this episode didn't sit well with me for several weeks after recording. And that was just talking about... um, the Flojo's sprint record um, and how that stacked up against high school boys' sprint records. And while what I said is true, it's not false, I think I did mischaracterize it a little bit. Um, and this paper that we're going to be looking at today that sort of changes the way I looked at it, or I am now looking at it, Uh, is called Female Excellence in Rock Climbing, Likely Has an Evolutionary Origin. Author is Colin Carroll. It was in the journal Current Research in Physiology in 2021. And honestly, the evolutionary theory aspect of this paper, I think, is really interesting, but it's not necessarily what I'm concerned about today. Mm -hmm. Um, I suppose we should do a little explaining just to set up what I really want to discuss here. Um, did you get a chance to look at this paper after I sent it to you? I know I popped this episode on you like, hey, let's let's do this so I can put it out tomorrow. <laughs> uh, yeah, I did, yeah. Uh, so I like dug into it actually a little bit earlier today and gave it a good read. Um, it pretty much looks at, in different sports, uh, there's a difference in like the highest levels of performance between male and female a- athletes. And mm-hmm. um, this theory hypothesizes that if the gap is pretty small there between the highest levels of performance, it basically means that's because these are traits that were evolutionarily selected 
for the survival of the human species. So if something was a little right. bit narrower and if that gap in performance between male and female is a little narrower, it means it's probably something us as a species had to develop overall just to survive and escape those external pressures. Like they talk about sprinting a little bit in this because as opposed to where the gap in endurance running maybe isn't as narrow, but a narrow sprinting gap shows that maybe this sprinting was an important trait to possess to get away from something that was trying to kill you. Right. Um, and this paper just looked at rock climbing along that same way where they kind of used rock climbing as the athletic analog of tree climbing. Mm-hmm. I had to kind of squint my brain a little bit to kind of make that connection, <laughs> but you can see what yeah, they're going yeah. with that, you know, a innate basic climbing ability was something we needed to survive a as humans. And even they talked about even before homo sapiens became their own species, even like precursor, Right. I don't know if species is the right word. I'm going to get yelled at by an anthropologist here, but uh, (laughs) up the line from Homo sapiens and what we are today. But um, pretty much this paper examined the gap. They looked at uh, male and female climbers who have climbed 515 or higher and um, compared that to other sports to see if the performance gap for climbing was indeed a narrower gap than some other sports. And if so, if it was narrower, that gives us hints that climbing maybe is maybe may have been important to our uh, evolution as a species. Right, right. And, or we were all created do... six thousand years ago. Who knows? One of the two. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Um, and I, I think that's a really interesting take on it. And mm-hmm. you know, the theory is really interesting. We could go into that, but the thing that really caught my attention about this paper and that that I recalled and the reason I wanted to talk to you about it is that my characterization of climbing as similar to sprinting in that um, the top women are, are nowhere near the top men might be um, not an enter- entirely fair comparison. Mm-hmm. This paper uses almost the same argument I used, but in sort of the opposite way. Um, they look at Flojo's record in this paper and say that it's it's 0.19 seconds slower than the 2,000th fastest recorded time by a male, which is mm-hmm. absurd to even think about, um, but not terribly surprising. What is surprising is that this gap you know, the fastest female time being 2,000 places down from the fastest male times is considered a small gap in the mm-hmm. world of sports. And then when we look at climbing and from a similar perspective, that gap is much, much smaller, which mm-hmm. I was actually really kind of surprised to learn. Makes sense once you think about it, um, but I was surprised to hear it. It was interesting too. I remember looking when they brought up, like you said, the 2000 competitors and so on and so forth. Um, mm-hmm. I remember thinking, but, oh yeah, you know, climbing is a much smaller sample size. I don't know if it's, I don't know if you can really make that comparison in good faith, but they did go on later on to explain, like they did think about what if we scaled this up to the size of running and how, right. what if we made these sample sizes comparable and the result was still the same. That gap in climbing is still narrower if you compare it in the same way to the gap in sprinting. Yeah, it was, it was kind of fascinating. Um, the data they used in this was gathered in early 2020. Um, and at that time there were 90 climbers who had climbed 15 a or harder. And three of those were women as Mm -hmm. of may this year, 
um, best I can figure anyway, that number has climbed to 115 climbers have done 15A or harder, and five of those are women. Um, so, you know, not a, not a big change in the ratio. Um, seems like it's, it's growing in a similar, you know, way that it exists when this paper was done. Um, one of the things that was astounding to me <clears throat> looking into this is that there have been more than 500 ascents of 515 now. That's fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. And, you know, if we, if we looked at all of the ascents, rather than the athletes um there while there are no women in the top 2000 times um for the 100 or the marathon there are around 8 female ascents in the top 500 ascents of all time mm -hmm. which is pretty drastically different and i was making the comparison as if they were similar that's a pretty big difference yeah um you, did you have any thoughts looking at this paper on what you would like to see from there? I, I was so surprised by this comparison and they have a chart in the paper um, that shows the like tiny, um, the size, the, mm -hmm. the performance gap size between sprinting and climbing and climbing looks so much smaller when it's seen in relationship to that sprinting on the graph that mm -hmm. I was really shocked by it. And that led me down this rabbit hole of thinking, like, I would love to see it done in all these other different ways. Like, um, can we not just look at the elite climbers? Is it, could we go on 8A or the crag or some of these websites that collect all this data and see what it looks like from, 513 up, you know, or 14A and up and, you know, see if, see if this holds true. Uh, and then I'd love to see it done with bouldering as well. I, yeah. I started, you know, I considered bouldering and I went and went down a little rabbit hole there. And I think that there are only about 50, uh, 50 people who have climbed V15 slash 16 and above but I, I'm pretty sure there are five women who've done V15. So mm -hmm. in bouldering, where I would expect it to be um, a wider gap, you know, strength and power, more important, it's even smaller. it might be a smaller gap. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it'd be cool to see like this explored over a greater range of difficulty level. Um, and I think they actually used a couple good points in here as to why I think it might be tricky to do so. Um, mm -hmm. You know, 515 and up, odds are there's a video. Odds are it's a little yep. more consensus, you know. I mean, here in Chattanooga, everyone argues over whether everything's 12D and 13A. You ask eight people, you'll get eight different answers. So <laughs> I think it'd be tough finding, an, you know, an already subjective number. It'd be tough to find this objective yeah. metric to look at a huge population of people. Um, you look at 8A, um, there's different grades for different routes. People have named the routes yeah. different. I think just from a... From a clerical standpoint, that'd be a nightmare. Yeah, um, it's like comparing a qualitative to a quantitative thing. It's it's really tough to bridge that gap. Yeah, it'd, it'd be cool to see, but I think just taking the absolute highest, the highest elite performance level mm -hmm. is probably the way to look at it for the time. It being. makes sense. Yeah, I am curious if you know when we're comparing climbing to running, which is essentially what we're doing here. Um, 
there's this aspect we have to consider also where runners are all all using the same field of play, mm-hmm. you know? Yep. And particularly since this is using outdoor climbs, we have to take into account that there are intermediate holds, there are new sequences, um, you know, footholds can change, which allows people of different sizes uh, to be able to do the same sequences, to be able to do the same routes or boulders or whatever. And that's one of the, you know, really beautiful things about climbing. Mm-hmm. But it also makes it tough to 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 gauge or tough to compare to something like running, where you know men are going to have a longer stride length, something like that. So right, you're not finding the micro beta for the hundred meter sprint. I think from just the very highest level, it's a cool comparison just to look at this gap and get whatever you may take out of it. But yeah, it's it's never going to be a one-to-one comparison for any sport with rock climbing. I think, I think it's tough to make a one-to-one comparison for any sport to any other sport really. Yeah. Same. Yeah, I did. I went and looked at some of this author's, uh, other research and he's looked at, uh, a lot of track and field events mm-hmm. and, uh, he found that jumping is actually, um, a much wider gap than sprinting is. Um, and I would, I would suspect bouldering would be that same thing if that like one-to-one comparison held true, mm-hmm. but I don't think it does when I actually go and look at the bouldering numbers. Um, I think though that's a situation where we get to find, uh, these intermediates or these other feet or these other mm-hmm. sequences, new ways to engage with the field of play that allows a person of a different size or even of a different strength who can, you know, use one of their skills in a new way that the other person didn't think of uh, allows them to ascend. And I think that's maybe more than the evolutionary um, theory that's proposed here. Maybe that's more of why climbing has a much smaller performance gap, but I do think it's very cool that it does. Yeah. And I could maybe hypothesize why the bouldering gap, you know, at our very, our initial look at things is maybe even narrower is, and I said it was tough to compare climbing to running, but I'm about to do it again right here. But, um, (laughs) (laughs) but I always kind of consider, you could consider bouldering a sprinting form of climbing, right? Right. right. Yeah. Let a little bit less medium to longer energy system demand. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and they found in this paper that uh, sprinting has a narrower performance gap than endurance running. So maybe we're just moving yeah. along the lines of that spectrum to sprinting with bouldering. Yeah, that actually really did surprise me. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we know that historically women have performed better in endurance sports. Um, so I was really surprised to see that this performance gap was smaller, uh, in sprinting. And I wonder if that's, if that has something to do with the fact that, you know, we're reaching the, the human limits, Mm -hmm. we're getting closer and closer to the fastest that a human can run. Um, whereas we haven't yet applied the fastest a human can run to a marathon length distance. Um, something similar, you know, if we're, if we're using climbing as the analog here, that bouldering, we're getting close to the hardest individual moves that people can do. Yeah. Um, I don't think we're there yet, but I, we're certainly closing in on it, but we haven't yet 
translated that to really hard sport climbs, you know, partially because it's difficult to find mm-hmm. um, and, and partially, you know, just because we don't yet have the ability to do V16 moves over and over and over and over and over. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe someday someone will. Yeah. A lot of interesting things to to look at in this paper, I think. It was, yeah. It was a it was a cool, cool paper that was put together and made you think a little bit. Yeah, totally. So, you know, thanks, Irene, for sending this over. Uh, when I first looked at it, I wasn't sure if it was going to fit into the season. And then I realized just the other day that it works perfectly yep. with these jackass comments that I was making. <laughs> you just so. subconsciously wanted to include the paper, so you had to make that comment, right? <laughs> yeah. Question for you. Um, based on this, knowing that the performance gap between men and women is much smaller in climbing, how do you feel now about the IRCRA position designating elite advanced, et cetera, being different for men versus women? Mm. Um, I don't know how I feel. That's a good question. So. Like they mention in the paper that this is how it's done in other sports. Mm-hmm. So this is how we're doing it. Um, but here we see that the performance gap isn't nearly as big. So maybe if it's split up, it's not split up nearly as drastically as it actually is in their designation. Yeah. I think this paper would be a, good starting argument for why there doesn't need to be a gender split there. Yeah. 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 I think it's, I think it's super interesting, especially now that like Yanya is getting out there and working on La Dura Dura and, mm-hmm. you know, some of the hardest sport climbs that we have. I think it's only a matter of time before, before we see women closing that performance yeah. gap even more. It's going to be cool to see. She's like an ant, man. She can lift a hundred times her own weight for real. All right. Anything else from you on this paper? No. Thanks for sending it in. This is a this is a good little change of pace from some of the other strengthening conditioning slash physiology slash movement control. It was cool to look at climbing through a slightly different lens. So always appreciate when papers get sent in. Yeah, totally. Um, assuming that you all already listened to Better Call Paul for today, you already know where to find us. But we did tell you another lie in that episode. Um, After recording that episode, I was able to find the paper with the IRCRA test battery. So we will indeed be back next week before we dive all the way into this next season of Breaking Beta a few weeks from now to discuss those measurements and whether or not the tests they chose helped us see the key performance characteristics required for climbing performance. See y'all then. It's done. You keep saying that and it's bullshit every time. Always. You know what? I'm done, okay? You and I, we're done. Breaking Beta is brought to you by Power Company Climbing and Crux Conditioning and is a proud member of the Plug Tone Audio Collective. For transcripts, citations, and more, visit powercompanyclimbing.com slash breaking beta. Let's not get lost in the who, what, and whens. The point is, we did our due diligence. Our music, including our theme song, Tumbleweed, is from legendary South Dakota band, Riff Lord. This is it. This is how it ends.
Get to Nadia.